Welcome back, Red Spotter. Another show in the Red Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Alexis J. Soto, joined by Alexis Moreno, David Francisco, and uh, Peter Martinez once again for another segment installment of our Legend of Korra series. Last time we reviewed season two at length, and ooh, that was a conversation. And today we're back to review Has the third. Has that one dropped yet? Yeah. It's been available all week long. Have you not noticed our okay. feed? I need to go back and list. Yeah, it's up there. And today we're no, talking about this. the 13-episode season three of The Legend of Korra, which was much better received when it was released. Mm-hmm. So that's our show today on Red Spotlight number 267. Uh, so season three... Uh, deals with the immediate aftermath of Korra's decision at the end of season two to leave the doors or the bridge between the spirit world and um, the regular normal world, if you will, open where uh, spirits are now kind of, (laughs) you know, living together and shit. Um... And chaos ensues. There is Zaheer, who is the main villain. Uh, there is anarchy. And a lot of really cool explosions. Um, so, yeah. I don't know where we want to start with this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of an interesting one. So, uh, uh, yeah? Y- you're, you're dragging this uh, this recording into the ground, so I'll go ahead and take over. <laughs> Um, this is the second time. <laughs> this is the second week in a row where I've completely acquiesced to you, and you wait five seconds, and you somehow insinuate that I'm like dragging the show down. I literally tossed it to you. You're not taking it away from me, okay? I mean, we can agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. Now, shut up and and talk with whatever you're doing. I want you to know that I do this for your own good. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> the audience? Like, is this for their own good? Well, for their good, too, as well, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure they're getting a uh, laugh out of this. Cora, season three. As I previously <laughs> tossed to you. Peter, explain this season. <laughs> The Legend of Korra, season three. Oh, you know what? We never talked about this. This is a bit of a, a, a sort of thing. The, o- the only reason it wasn't called Avatar, The Legend of Korra, is because another movie had come out around that same time <laughs> called Avatar. So Several movies have been called... Co- well, no. One called Avatar. The big, the big one. Yeah. So they the James Cameron movie, not not the Last yeah. Airbender or Shyamalan movie. To be no, clear. no, because Shyamalan's movie was called The Last Airbender, but they not didn't Avatar, right? Avatar, right? No, yeah. it was just called The Last Airbender because of Avatar. And then right. when they did the Korra cartoon, they couldn't have um, Avatar as the like Avatar, the Legend mm-hmm. of Korra. In fact, if you go back and look at the original trailer for The Legend of Korra, the title is actually. The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is like if you called the movie A New Hope, 
The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> the last Airbender, The Legend of Korra. Yeah, really? that's horrible. Yeah, I think they quickly realized. Yeah, no. You know what's <laughs> the sad irony about all that? I mean, yeah, Avatar was big at the time, and it made like it was the highest-grossing film for a whole decade. I'm not sure that really meant anything in the long run. If you look at where we are right now, when people talk about Avatar, I, I, nine out of ten times, I think we know what Avatar they're talking about. Yeah. When I hear Avatar, I think of non no i don't think of blue people it's not james way. cameron it's not that movie yeah. <laughs> i mean maybe of maybe that'll change when the movies come out 2043 if but when <laughs> if they'll probably need to do some reshoots by then but you know, <laughs> summer 2054 <laughs> but yeah that was just Something I remember I wanted to address, like, back in the first episode, but I've completely forgot about it since then. So, yeah, that's a little neat little trick. I mean, that is an interesting question. It hasn't been addressed, Mm -hmm. and I always wondered myself why Avatar wouldn't be included. Because if it were, like, made today, Mm -hmm. it definitely would have been included in the title. Avatar The Legend of Korra, I feel. I think even today, there would... I feel like there would probably be... What's it called? Um, Legal issues... Probably. With calling ev- anything Avatar now, especially now that Disney owns Avatar. Mm. They have a fucking I, Disney section. I don't like section. calling it Avatar, though, because of that confusion. Yeah. Mainly because James Cameron I, really I fucked it. I don't like the Avatar movie, so <laughs> I don't like when people are like, oh, the blue people? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Never am I talking about that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, most people, I think, offhanded usually say The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but I kind of like the Avatar. Because in the show, they say Avatar like 500 yeah. million times. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's it's Avatar. It's all about the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fuck it, whatever. The Legend of Korra Season 3. The well, best... One thing real quick uh, to uh, make sure people don't forget this. Uh, it's important to this season. Oh, okay, um, that's important. I think it was about a third into the way of the season, or maybe a little over halfway. The show was pulled off the air, and it was exclusively premiered on Nickelodeon.com. That will be a big thing uh, in in regards to the uh, lackluster, uh, well, not maybe not lackluster results of the quality, but perhaps on viewership, as there was none because it was pulled off the air mm-hmm. while it was like racing toward the end of the season. So that was. A big fucking thing. And part of why people feel that the show was screwed over by Nickelodeon. To be fair, I think most households at the time viewed television through Nick.com. Did they? At the time, Netflix was starting. Oh, you were being sarcastic? Yes. Okay, I was like, you sounded so fucking serious. That's not sarcasm. You were being dead serious. <laughs> but at that's what time, makes it so funny. Fuck at the off. Time, Netflix was was like starting to become a thing. <laughs> so that I think that also might have gone into a They maybe they were trying to be like, "Hey, this online thing works." The road yeah. online. To be fair, I did watch all of the last airbender on nick.com. Hmm. I, I that watched is where some I watched of it. it. Yeah, I watched some of it because I remember 
Um, it was like right after I watched it for the for the first time. I wanted to rewatch it, but I didn't have the DVDs then. So I went online and I was like, "Oh, they're on here. Let's go." <laughs> Remember when they would just drop shows online like it was nothing, and now it's like, <laughs> "Pay me five ninety nine an episode, and then maybe yeah. you can watch." <laughs> capitalist pigs anyway uh well that's very in line with this season uh <laughs> um i think just overall views a little bit before we get into the nitty gritty uh the legend of course season three is easily oh wait alexis move your head alexis the other one is he moving? Yeah. Yes. Wait, Alexis, say something. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> God, you're like a robot. Fuck. Oh my God. Move every once in a while. See, this is um, where I get so frustrated. You you <laughs> criticize me when I lean back, and you criticize me when I stay in place. Like, what is it you want from me? Well, because I'm talking, and you're like, <laughs> I'm just so still. I'm You're listening so to still. you. You're like a oh statue. And I think, and because we have such a history of this shit crashing, I get worried that I'm going to talk for 10 minutes and then r- realize that this shit crashed 10 minutes ago. <laughs> at least blink. You got to give me a blink. I day. was <laughs> waving at you. Did you not see me? I was waving at you. Oh, okay. Thanks, buddy. Okay. <laughs> The Legend of Korra. I swear we're going to review this eventually. (laughs) The Legend of Korra (laughs) Season 3 is, to me, easily the best season of the show. Mm -hmm. And some of the best shit in, like, the Avatar non-blue people universe. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, including... The comics and the the last Airbender original show. So you can't say that. Yeah, but I just know it. Okay, Um, (laughs) when you know it, you know it. You know, Uh, I I love this season. I think this season is fantastic. I think this is the season where everyone involved kind of realized what show they were making all along. Mm-hmm. And and it really allowed them to focus up, and I think that even continues into season four. Even though I I enjoy season three better, but no, season three I think is absolutely absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean uh, they they knew they were gonna make two seasons, and so I think that just basically just gave them enough time because mm-hmm. this could have been like easily one season, like um, both season three and four. Mm-hmm. So they, you can really tell that they had an idea going on now, kind of like an but end game. They could have just made both seasons one story. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. Because they knew at that point what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um. And it. And again, season three and four really tell me like, okay, some of the roughness in the first two seasons is entirely because they got fucked over. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> season three is firing on all cylinders. And even mm-hmm. though it's still very different from the last Airbender, it's different in an excellent way. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was 
really good, but it was kind of like faltering. And, and you sort of left yourself wondering, okay, is this faltering because it's not the same or because what it is isn't as good as it should be? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I you, think, you, you can tell yeah. that like once they hit this season, you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is... This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, your guys, just general season three feelings. Uh, no, I mean, I agree. This is probably one of the best ones uh, in the whole series. And it's, it is, a, I think it's a pretty good, uh, like, wait for it type of thing. Because uh, as rough as the first two seasons are, you know, they were kind of leading up to this or like whatever they were trying to do. Because again, they were try- they were told that they were gonna get like a movie or a few shorts uh, after the first season, and so like you can see little things set up in the first two seasons. So like the first season, people were wondering like why was she locked up uh, for mm-hmm. thirteen years instead of traveling the world like the Avatar should, and then they kind of answered it in season two, saying like I thought she was it. I think it was her dad that like locked her up. And she thought it was the Aang that said that she should be locked up. But then now we get a real answer in this. I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But, yeah, but everything about this season, like, it's really great. I don't think any character was kind of sidelined. That, that too. There's so many more characters added onto this on top of what we already had. But they're also and, done well, though. Yes, yes. I love all the characters here. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis M. Soto, how did you feel about season three? I completely agree with the consensus of the season so far. I feel that this was the season where I I felt like, okay, I'm all in. Like, I liked season one quite a lot. <clears throat> season two, I think overall was a disappointment for me because I wasn't sure what was going on here where season one was so strong and season two was so disorganized if we're being Mm -hmm. charitable. And so when this season happened and I was watching it and then I'm kind of at a loss for words, Uh, you know, Peter has kind of already said it like, yeah, they think this is a show where it's hitting its stride. It is firing on all cylinders and it, with it's kind of like when you watch a show grow uh and you're you're with it but when you notice some seasons as you know the the show grows are 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 getting a handle on this you you feel like the show is just uh having this new swagger you know like this new confidence to them in terms of like they know what they're doing and they know that they're going to deliver on this mm-hmm. uh with the potential of this season uh i thought it was great I really did. I think Sahir is, and I hear a lot of talk from a lot of, uh, you know, people uh, talking about Korra today about uh, him being the best villain of Korra. There was a lot of good villains in Korra. Um, that's saying something, but yeah, look, this was, I think, to me, a, a complete game changer for the legacy of the show, and it introduces, I think, characters that. Um, are fascinating, multi-dimensional, um, and it completely, I feel, 
you know, Peter said that, uh, you know, the creators and, you know, the producers are like, all right, this is what this show is. This is who we are. It also very much felt the same with the characters themselves and kind of like really um, learning their place, their dynamic in the group of this, of this ensemble and them kind of coming into their own in different ways. I think of like, it's a great season for Tenzin, Janara, um, Korra, obviously. And, and, you know, I think this really redeemed a lot of the missteps from season two when it came to Team Avatar in particular. We got that team dynamic back in better than ever. So in many ways, this was a game changer. This was uh, an incredible season of television. And I don't think I can recall a show that has ranged this vastly in terms of quality. If you look, go from seasons one, two, and three, you almost got to kind of have like a whiplash effect. Because um, yeah. season three really redeemed the show. Uh, saved it, I think, is a better word for it in terms of like the direction that it was going into. I love the season completely. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I want to start at the beginning of the season just because one of my few semi-criticisms for the season kind of starts at the beginning. Um, And that is the return of the airbenders. Mm. How how did you guys feel about the return of the airbenders Um, and the whole... Let me me say one thing. ...them being birthed? I thought what you were going to say as far as the criticism for the beginning of the season was um, spirits living in this earth now and in places like Republic City, the people being pissed about that and all of the aggravations that it's that's coming out of it. Mm-hmm. I thought your concern would be that they didn't really explore that through and through it was kind of like in the first episode or so and then the rest of it was more of zahir and cora and everything i love that they didn't address it because i don't give a shit about that (laughs) (laughs) also like it's i mean they kind of it is kind of addressed like you said in the first episode but it ends off with her just saying like the spirits are here to stay get over it basically and so and I, i don't think there's really much you can do with the spirits living there like they really are just animals living in the wild and like they can't really do much about it i like the way that aspect anyway played into and i kind of want to get into this a little later is sort of her her dealings with government officials Mm mm-hmm uh <laughs> because that's that's basically what that vine shit in the beginning was there for i think yeah so to the yeah. question about airbending uh-huh. um mm-hmm. not to derail you when you said you were gonna no no, no I, the I wanted to get back to that anyway yeah um i didn't really have an issue with it okay. i kind of just I, I really just you know what all right i guess this is happening <laughs> I don't remember yeah. myself feeling like, oh, this is a big thing or this is like something that, oh, I mean, it's interesting. I didn't expect that. It was hilarious. The reveal of it with Boomy is in particular when he <laughs> reveals to everybody that he can airbend. So I was kind of sold on that. Um, to me, 
what sold me about it was Tenzin's reaction to it. There was a very emotional oh, yes. moment with him oh, on Airbender yes. Island where, you know, he's like, you know, Dad, if only you were here, you would have loved this. Oh, like, geez. I, I, and, and, you know, what it meant for him to, you know, finally, you know, fulfill his father's dream. I think that for me was the fulfillment of this storyline, you know, happening to an extent and of course the mm-hmm. the frustrations and the tribulations that come with that so i didn't have a problem with it at least not mm-hmm. that it occurred to me yeah uh no i agree uh, i can mm-hmm. probably understand a little frustration from others uh i mean depending on what you're gonna say peter <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i didn't really have much of a problem with it especially because of that one scene with tenzin looking mm-hmm. at ang's statue and then He's talking with his kids are like, we're going to have new airbenders? Like, holy shit. And then just, like, the part that kills me the most is when uh, he goes, like, I just hope I can, like, teach them well or something. Or, like, hopefully bring up this new generation upright. And then Milo's just like, we'll help you. And they all give a group hug and everything. It's great. (laughs) I, I don't know if you guys watch the show. It's an awesome show, so you should watch it. But, like, the family dynamic of, like, Tenzin and his kids is so Bob's Burgers. (laughs) For sure. Honestly, yeah. Especially, like, those few scenes with the wife. Uh, Yeah. Can't remember her name. But, like, she, yeah, she's basically, like, the wife in Bob's Burgers. (laughs) I... It... Like, how David said, I understand if, like, people were, like, thrown off by it. Um, but again, yeah, because we get those scenes, I think that it's totally worth it. And then it's also just like, um, I mean, I'm kind of throwing in like the comics in there. <laughs> um, so in the comic, no. I mean, this is like, th- this is like spoilers. So sorry. I don't even remember which comic it is though. Um, but in one of them, they do mention that some people from uh that lived in the air temples were able to escape and went and were like um refugees into um Bossing Se. Yeah, to Bossing Se. So that's why a lot of the people that they go look for are in the um in Earth Kingdom. <laughs> um and so they go and hide, but like over time, I mean cuz if you think about it this is mm-hmm. as like a hundred and something years like throughout the generations and because they didn't practice it um they kind of lost that like the ability to airbend Mm -hmm. and so with the spirits it obviously like whoever can or descendants real yeah yeah uh so i i like that they do take the time to explain Mm -hmm. it obviously it's in the comics so like you do have to like get out out of your way to do that but uh-huh. I like that idea. Like, I like that story mm-hmm. that that actually did happen. Maybe if that was in the show, I would feel a yeah. little bit better about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I understand. Uh-huh. I Well, my ultimately, my issue is that I am racist against airbenders, and I don't want them coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no. No. Um my that was a joke, people. Airbenders <laughs> aren't real. Um <laughs> my issue 
with the way they handled that is I feel like from the Legend of Korra to the Last Airbender to the comics, which I did not read because I am too cool. Um, <laughs> they've always taken such, despite being a child's property, such a real world approach to these issues and also the ramifications of these issues. You know what I mean? The real world issues that arise with war, with um, genocide, which is basically what happened to the airbenders, and sort of don't shy away from the realities that these issues bring up. And that's especially what I've, I like, I kind of liked, because they kind of touch and go, went with it in season one and season two, but really like how they ran with it in season three and season four. Um, just addressing these real philosophical, political, spiritual um, realities and how they they play out in the show very similarly to ways you would see them play out in the real world. And I guess what I don't like about it ultimately is genocide is real. It, it, it has happened in this world and the, ra the ramifications are enormous and they're long lasting and it can take many, many generations to sort of grow from what used to be. And this sort of cheat code shortcut to actually, we're just going to magically bring the airbenders back, guys kind of cheapens the loss that was the airbenders, you know, and the way the world had to grow without them. And it's sort of like a, yeah, like a cheat code to, to bring them back or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so on a certain level, I kind, it kind of feels wrong to me because i know in the real world those those that kind of shit there is no convergence to like hey all this that we lost can magically be brought back and i feel like this world is so good at not pulling that kind of shit that when they pulled it here it did feel a little off to me and like you said i think maybe that descendants thing could maybe have worked better if, if they address that in the show in my in my mind um but yeah that's kind of where i'm coming from i don't know how you guys feel no i mean i agree like you made a that's a really good point honestly <laughs> uh I just peter kinda... does that every now and then i feel he <laughs> he has a couple of good points you mean every episode bitch i mean i, I guess like my answer is the same as all of them is I understand it. That's a good point. I just don't care. <laughs> I, I, no, I you know I, I do care about this world and I do care about this season. And you make uh, a valid argument. I, I just I, I didn't it's feel the same way. As as great as like we love Tenzin and we love his reaction to this whole thing happening. I mean, in a little way, it's still kind of sad because Aang literally doesn't exist anymore. He like thanks Cora. No, yeah 
because of Korra, like, there's no connection to the past Avatar, so we really can't see his reaction to all this. It's like, so it's kind of like, it's a weird thing, but also a happy thing for... Where you're like, yes, like, they're back, but it's also kind of tragic because the one person you wanted this to see... All of this happening is not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Korra joins the ranks of worst female um, successors ever, along with Rey and Bonnie. Bonnie? From Bonnie? Toy Story. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Bonnie? Yeah. She said yeah, she'd always you... take care of Woody, and what did she do? Throw him in a damn closet. <laughs> You know, I mean, you bring up a good point, you know, that, um, I don't, sex, yeah. well, apparently, <laughs> apparently they all do. Cause apparently there yeah. hasn't been like a single female successor to a male character in the franchise that hasn't been met with such overwhelmingly negative criticism. I'm trying oh, to think yeah. of one positive like successor and I can't think of one. The answer mm. is to cancel women. <laughs> women. First of all, though, the thing was Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Can we not get Bonnie. into Bonnie? A... No, we're not going to get into Bonnie. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm we're not doing her. Bonnie. I'm defending her. We're... I'm defending her. Okay, she's a I'll... freaking child. Okay, like I'm pretty sure I lost more than half the toys that I got when I was a kid. Oh she's my a god, freaking toy. So forget about that promise well, she made. Uh, you know what? I we pre- really need to get into this. When, I appreciate when the defense, Bonnie... but you know what? We can't get lost here. We have such little time yeah. to get into. Let's get mm-hmm. back to the point, uh, Peter, about your criticism. <laughs> god. Okay. So my point with Bonnie is gonna be <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that's that's sort of my criticism. And it's funny because I feel like the return like there's a lot of the first episode that I'm just kinda not feeling in season three, and it almost feels like the tail end stank of season two you know what i mean <laughs> like it's, it's it's slowly just being wafted away for the awesomeness that is season three um because it, it, it starts with again like immediately you mean the back same Airbender. way that jj did with the last jedi or with the rise of skywalker oh but <laughs> so you know, about the opposite Bonnie. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no um because yeah it starts with like the vines and spirits and bringing back the airbenders and i'm like oh no i don't honestly want like this. i w- honestly wouldn't be surprised if like what they did in season 2 mm-hmm. was to try and bring back the airbenders like yeah maybe they had that idea by the end mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't but i i will say while i'm very iffy on the decision to bring them back once they are back, the story that follows with like, okay, what do we do now that they're back? I really enjoy. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that most of them are like, bitch, like, I, I'm not picking up and leaving my family and like <laughs> my, my job and my work to go be a fucking monk in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like, this culture that I've never known and never grown up in, like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fact that they met... Because, the, like, yeah, like, that is that is what would really happen. Um, Like, think about it. If tomorrow you could airbend and then a monk shows up like, hey, drop everything in your life and come join us in the mountains. And you're now a vegetarian. I mean, that's the Jedi, right? You were... That's what the Jedi do. 
Except yeah, they take you from birth, so you yeah, don't have I was a choice. Say, the Jedi are considerate <laughs> to not even give you a choice. You're raised in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're molded by it. Uh, but with them, it's just like... <laughs> Like, I can't remember. It was just some, like, farmer dude, and he had a wife and kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what's so great is, like, Tenzin's just, like, all excited, like, all right. Like, he just assumes people would jump at the chance to be an airbender and, like, <laughs> join. <laughs> because to him, it's the greatest thing in the world, you know? Yeah. It, it's everything that he's been raised in and, and to to bring about. So he's so excited. Everyone's just like, listen, I don't even want to be able to airbend, like, the, the fuh? you know so all of that and sort of their journey to try and bring about this scrappy crew that by the end you know Tenzin learns to to be a leader and and that he was always sort of really wanted to be and and what he hoped to be that whole journey and the way his children help him um it's great like yeah. that whole storyline is cool. I I like the the airbenders that they bring in. Uh Janora got a bay this time around. <laughs> uh what was his name? Kai. Kai? He was brown. What's that about? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> Cause I thought like he looked kind of Mexican to me. I don't know. Like I thought there it was only Asian influence. That are airbenders? No, like no. for the entire um show. Oh, oh, Alexis is leaning back. He's tired. Uh, for the whole <laughs> show, like I thought. Like, no, I mean. Yeah, Katara, because I mean, Cora sp- and Katara are kind of brown, <laughs> but like uh, you know that they're not Mexican. <laughs> that's you know what that's because I from if I'm remembering correctly, the Fire Nation is like Japan, the Earth Nation mm-hmm. is like China. The um, Air Nation is like Tibetan mm-hmm. monks, and then the Water Tribes are like the um, in, in, Inuit yeah. mm-hmm. type cultures. Um, but then you had well, the one guy that was very clearly Indian in The Last Airbender, oh, the, yeah. which I always found cool. <laughs> um but it, but I always wondered like hmm like where does he where's his land? Yeah. Um well you also got to consider though a lot of people went to the earth kingdom basically to like get away. Oh yeah, that's true. Like Nation. so many refugees and stuff. So he might have some uh, uh It could be from the water some tribe some water something. water tribe descendants in there. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I got excited for a second. I was like there're Mexicans in here. <laughs> but no. Alas. Tis not our place. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, neither in America, it seems, you listen to the president, so. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, No, I I really do like the part where uh, they're trying. By the way, full disclosure, in case you haven't realized, all of us are Mexican here on this podcast. If that was um, in question, I feel, in case people feel a little bit offended by why Peter is so interested in Mexicans. I mean, he is one. (laughs) <laughs> My people. It's also Mexican Independence Day. Is it? Is it? I think. Is it? Yay! I think. Uh, Shows Indian. what good Mexicans we are. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, no, but I like that montage of him trying to convince people 
to join the <laughs> the Indiana Jones montage. And like my favorite one though, that even I was like, okay, I would not join the Air Nation. It's like he's talking to like that chubby dude that's like eating a chicken, and he's mm-hmm. like, "We have a vegetarian diet," and he's just like, "The fuck, no!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I wouldn't join either." <laughs> he's like, "We have to shave her head," and da da da. Oh, but I I love that scene later on when he's teaching them, and then the first guy he shaves their head. <laughs> And then, and then one of them is like, I don't really feel comfortable. And he's like, that's fine. It's optional. And then the guy's like, what? <laughs> but I like what they did to it later on. Yeah, oh no. God, like even great. that built into. Uh, yeah, like later on when they're trying to save the bison and and he yeah. feels it. And, and it's it's them becoming the, the air nation, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, officially in that way, like. Yeah, all that stuff yeah. is really cool. I, I really mm-hmm. dug it. But the one thing I really liked is um, when they put on uh, a show to try and attract people, like, look at how cool, Air <laughs> yeah. Nation. And then, you know, Tenzin showing off that he's Bay. <laughs> you know, going shirtless. There's a lot of memes coming out of that, like, of that scene. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. No, but all that mm-hmm. stuff is so, so good. And I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think about halfway through the season is when they split. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, they finally get like a lot of people joining in. And so Tenzin was like, all right, I'm just going to start teaching these people right away. And so they spl- split off. Oh, they go to Bossing Say to try and get... um. The airbenders uh, yes. from the Earth Queen, basically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's where that's, shit that's, starts to... That's where that's shit really split. goes down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But, um, again, to, to bring it all the way back to the beginning with Korra, what I liked with her is again, it, we delve back into the same themes we've been dealing with this entire show, but I think they do a much better job than they have before, is this sort of idea of like, in this modern world, where the fuck does the Avatar really fit in? Where she's sort of this extra kind of person that's mm-hmm. subject to the laws, but also expected to fix everyone's problem. You know, of course, they talk about her polling. <laughs> her polling's in the shits because she can't deal with the fucking vines. Um, and you have a president that's kind of inept and isn't moving in any direction and just kind of blames it on Cora. Which, of you know, course, Peter, he did the him. best job he could, you know? He did what he could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if he didn't do what he did, there might have been two to three million more vines. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Um, and maybe there were that many vines because they were looking for them in the first place. Yeah, because because they're looking for them too much. You know, other other countries within, of course, this universe aren't looking for the vines, but because they are such good at record keeping of the vines, that's why there's more than other countries, and that's the only reason why. Um. I love that. I I hope no one understands what we're saying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of things going on in the beginning of 
the season. So yeah, there's a the lot of things going on the the whole show. Well, <laughs> we I mean, haven't talked specifically about the though they set up a lot of things. So yeah, we talked about uh, the mm-hmm. Airbenders coming back. Uh, there's still a bit more we need to talk, to talk about, but we'll get to it. And then there's Korra and Asami. They're basically like just quickly they're gal like pals. try to fix. Yeah, the gal pals now, and I love it. Gal <laughs> it was pals. so. It's that LOL F men. You know yeah. what about <laughs> Honestly, us two? Unless it really was. you know, because <laughs> some of that shit. <laughs> no, I mean they men I like suck. That scene, we should though. just hang out together. <laughs> no, wink, I, mean, wink, I really like that scene though, where they're trying to f- look for like the first Airbender that like comes out of Republic City, and they're on it. They're taking a drive, and they have a little conversation of Asami going. By the way, I kissed him when <laughs> you guys like <laughs> broke up, and she's just like, "Really? That's cool." I mean, I kissed him when you guys were dating, and she's like, "What?" Oh yeah, <laughs> she's all like, surprised. They throw she's jokes like, oh. back and forth into each other. It was great. Like I, I mm-hmm. really like that they just instantly kind of just got over whatever was happening before and just wanted to become friends. Because <laughs> men are trash. <laughs> so yeah, they set up that, and then um, who was it? Mako. Mako's just being one? weird, and I and I yeah. kind of love that. Yeah, I think that that that's the most interesting part of because his whole thing is just like kind of <laughs> it's awkward, and he kind of doesn't know how to handle it. And mm-hmm. even though everyone else is like, "Dude, it's cool," he's yeah. just still kind of awkward about it. <laughs> and I feel like that would be me. So I, c- I connect with him on that level. <laughs> I understood why he was feeling so weird about it. But yeah, it's funny though. That everyone's just like, dude, well, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's like other stuff going on with them too. When they go to Bossing Say, they, they meet their family for the first time. Oh, all no, that yeah, family stuff is cool. But like that's, that's kind of just like where the character starts. It's just mm-hmm. him kind of being like, yeah, him just being him. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> about then, the whole situation yeah so like they, they literally like set it up right from the beginning that that was gonna happen so mm-hmm. like when they were gonna go off to find the other airbenders uh Malka was just like no nah, i think i'll stay here and it's like not make things awkward but well it's just like like we just like we kept saying like dude it's chill <laughs> like you're the one that's being weird in this whole situation <laughs> it's like what if like and let's go to boss sing say like what if we meet our uh dad's family the over extreme there? foreshadowing like, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i don't even call it foreshadowing honestly it's just <laughs> straight up telling you like this is exactly what's going to happen <laughs> no i think it's it's i i like well there's a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff before they reach Bossing Say is just them running around looking for um, airbenders, looking for airbenders, mm-hmm. right? But once they hit Bossing Say, that's when the the characters start to the character arcs start to really come alive. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, what's so great about Bossing Say is again, it's it's real world shit. And and that's yeah. what I've really loved that this series does is when you enter Bossing Say, it's supposed to be like this majestic, oh my God. And for a second it is. Isn't it until, always? Until they smell, you know, the mm-hmm. the disgusting poverty mm-hmm. of the uh, the outer rims, uh, 
that's what they're called, right? The outer, outer rings. The outer rings of Ba Sing Se, where where all the poor live, and you, and you you meet the the queen, who is just again a royal piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your definition for just a terrible ruler and why monarchies are the dumbest idea in the fucking world, <laughs> and so, sort of um, Cora went from dealing with the inadequate inadequacies of this elected president and Republic City to the utter bullshit of this fucking monarchy leader, mm-hmm. and her trying her best to make the world a better place and constantly running up against the very real world um inadequacies with these kinds of leaders like there's just another better way to say it and of course that leads perfectly into her whole issue and her connection to uh the villain <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of of the season and all that's all shit so i like how they 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 do a really good job of showing the issues within the world and then dropping the villain hard. Who's like, "Mm, I got a solution guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I actually like the reasoning as to why the queen's like a bitch. (laughs) I mean, other than just like, yeah, she is really evil, but I also like that conversation that she and Cora had of, um, uh, when they were trying to look for the airbenders and she brings up like I can't remember the exact conversation but it was basically like like you just come here and just do whatever you want and you, like you don't expect me to like get something in return out of it like what what do you think this is and she brings up her her who was it her dad or her father her grandpa mm-hmm. yeah it was her dad and that how people took the Earth King of, like, from his... the Airbender series. That was... Yeah, and how like people took advantage of his weakness uh, during that time, and like she didn't want that to happen to her, and that's why she's kind of like have has she has like this front of like being basically just a ruthless di- dictator, which is actually really interesting because in the comics, um, a mild spoiler, but like you know, well you guys kind of know this, but like. When they were trying to get rid of all the Fire Nation people yeah. away from the Earth Kingdom, and some of them wouldn't leave, the king brings up that fact. It's like I've spent too long in the shadows, and like I've showed weakness now because of that. I'm not gonna like take like let this stand. They are they're either out or they either leave on their own or I force them, and like that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like. So that bit of the comics going into the Legend of Korra, like, it's really, really interesting. I think we're beating around the bush here. (laughs) And I think we just need to get to the topic that we all want to really talk about. (laughs) No. Don't do it. What do you mean, no? (laughs) Do you know what I'm... I'm scared where this is going to (laughs) go. I think we all know where this is going. (laughs) That piece of shit <laughs> ate Bosco. She oh. fucking ate Bosco. She had to go. Oh my God. <laughs> she <laughs> had to go. Yeah. He remembered the name though. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Did, did no one else fucking scream in pain when that bit of information was dropped when watching? It was a rumor. Uh, but then you, yeah, but I believe it. It's a rumor I believe. Mm. Oh god. I mean if she eats sky bison, I mean Oh my god. Yeah. Of an angel. <laughs> okay, okay. So we forgot to mention one thing in the beginning of the season. Um Zaheer. So Oh, I guess we can talk about him. Yeah. I mean I thought it'll lead to we'd spend more time on Bosco, but okay. <laughs> uh but yeah, basically, um I can't remember how they transitioned to it, but basically like it's like Tendon's all like, I wonder who else has the who else has who, game who else can the abilities. In? Yeah, and and it cuts to a prison on top of a mountain, and then you just you see Zaheer, the prisoner, and just gives this big ass speech about Guru Lahima. Guru Lahima. La- yeah, so it is okay, and basically trying to like distract the prison guards and he escapes by using airbending so now you're like for one thing it was crazy how well he could airbend already even though it's been two weeks since season two and and it was just a really good setup for the villain basically what's crazy is how quickly they establish how unbelievably dangerous this guy was and this was before he had uh bending abilities mm-hmm. so so you're like fuck like this dude obviously can do damage obviously he's a big fucking deal the white lotus has him fucking kung fu panda style in his own <laughs> uh it really is some kung fu panda shit like yeah when what's his name <laughs> that 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 tiger escaped yeah. uh with the feather <laughs> um he's obviously very powerful um but that was a fantastic start because it's intriguing because you're like wait who is this guy he's fucking scary he's fucking powerful uh let's see where it goes and i mean this continues the trend of what this show was really setting out to do which is um one it's a airbender villain which again they're they're they this entire show was villains based on every other bending element including technically non-blend non-bending other than fire <laughs> so mm-hmm. and also co- their sort of corresponding um political beliefs align with their bending abilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um so both um <laughs> What was it? Unalak and what's the other guy? Um, what's his Aman. name? Aman. Aman, yeah. Yeah, them, both waterbenders want to change, well, basically. Well, Aman technically represents non-benders, even though technically he is... Well, either way, though, he wanted change in the well, world. Well, they all want by... change, but, but the specific change they want um, very much corresponds to their ability. So, like, with water bending, you know, say, you know, flowing spirituality and that sort of connectivity to nature, uh, mm-hmm. very much represented within um, 
that dumb motherfucker's name. I can't remember. Unalak. And then a mon, <laughs> a non-bender, which is um, just demanding equality, egalitarianism, sort mm. of. So I thought that was interesting. But with Zaheer, it's a very clearly anarchism, which mm-hmm. um, political also... philosophical movement that rejects all involuntary coercive forms of hierarchy uh, mm. and call, radically calls for the abolition of the state. And like the previous seasons, it also directly tackles a sort of By the way, notice issue. how it's always uh-huh. people who murder who advocate for that. Let me just be real. Anarchy, I, in, the, anarchy. in these shows? Um, yeah. He is a murderer, and he's advocating he for anarchy. Murderer, I mean, but I, I feel like people severely don't understand the philosophy of anarchism. They don't um, understand philosophy, period. They don't understand it. <laughs> I will like remember when we um people are calling Amon a fucking communist. Communist, like that's not what communism. Is. But by the way, know. are we sure? Like, I don't want to drag it back to Bosco, but like, how the fuck could that? How the fuck could that right? bear out? Hold on, how could he outlive the Earth? He King? clearly didn't. You're, you're saying <laughs> that the Earth King let the his daughter eat the bear well think think about it his most prized possession if if the if the king died let's say i don't know just a few years after the events i know he's still alive in the comic hold on a minute uh he was i i just saw this Mm -hmm. apparently source he was 25 in airbender yeah Okay, but he could die from non-natural causes. They don't got modern medicine. Okay. Maybe Bosco turned on him. You don't know. We don't know the I mean, okay, mm-hmm. I take that back. Bosco would never do that. Is. Um <laughs> How would the bear what <laughs> Bosco just... is loyal as fuck. Okay, he would never do that. But I don't know. You could get I don't know, typhoid? What's a disease? I don't know. He could have got it. He had no family, I feel, at the time. There was no family with him. It was just Bosco during that era. He could have had a daughter. Okay, fine. Let's say he gets a daughter. By the time because they're monarchies, they can literally take over at any age. She could be five and and take over. But let's mm-hmm. say she's like, I don't know, twelve? When she takes over, um, yeah, I could see her fucking eating that bear. I don't know. I mean, she was trapping people to make. I can see her do it. I just don't want to believe it's true. Okay, I need to hold out hope here. It broke my heart. (laughs) I was ready to be done with the whole show. Luckily, something (laughs) happens later on where it's like justice for Bosco. <laughs> Which, by the way, is so scary. But okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was I was cheering when that happened. Oh my, my god! <laughs> anyway, I want the so... special edition where Bosco's Force Ghost <laughs> is in the corner. <laughs> da, 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 da. Zahir won an anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> so does Peter. <laughs> Apparently. Um, but no, because, yeah, because each of these seasons tries to address a different 
sort of societal issue that arises once you reach the modern world. And this one was, you know, how does a modern society reckon with the inadequacies of monarchies and liberal governments that as the avatar, um, the whole first half of the season, you have seen Korra, our main hero and character run up against and not mm-hmm. be able to achieve her heroic goals because of you know the inadequacies of these different forms of government because anarchy isn't just you know this form of government is better than that form of government anarchy is the argument that all forms of government it's not necessarily government's the issue it's hierarchy of power um hierarchy of power inherently creates inequality and because all governments create hierarchy that means all governments are in form unjust no one should have power of another person you know da, 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 da. um so that in itself is really compelling for a fucking kids show um mm-hmm. but also Z- zahir himself and the way he's portrayed his mannerisms, the way he speaks, um, his um, his squad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are you talking to the head lady? <laughs> no, I was throwing up gang signs. Oh. <laughs> um, and oh yeah, like it's it's so fucking good. It's so good. And again. I've I've maintained from the, the beginning combustion woman. <laughs> I've maintained from the beginning that this show is an action show. Mm-hmm. Which can we talk about that moment where they go see her and uh Fire Lord Zuko comes out. Oh yeah. He has like but okay we need to take it from the fucking top. Because again, mm-hmm. he breaks out it's fucking uh, like awesome like dare i say yes. um badass and then he goes he goes out um go, zahir goes out and starts breaking out all his other posse fucking um an earthbender and they all have their own like unique prisons the uh-huh. the earthbender one is in the middle of the ocean because of course yeah. and he tosses him a rock and he's fucking lava bending ninja stars around yes. people and the, and they're throughout all of this they're never clear about their goal but but you can tell they're very sort motivated. of motivated and it just makes you yeah. go like fuck like mm. who are especially these especially here like i love this line of like it's like where'd you get disney power it's mm. like a gift from the spirit uh from uh what is it uh from the spirits harmonic com- no harmonic a convergence. Gift from harmonic convergence i think it's a sign that our like path is our true path and is all that. true like, and just wow. and, it, and it's very like like oh fuck because it's mm. not like i'm angry at the world and i want it to burn it's very much uh-huh. like i have very specific goals and i'm like calculated about it and it just mm-hmm. makes you go like fuck like what is their goal what are they after because they're not clear yeah. in the beginning what what's happening and what's taking place then of course mm-hmm. they break out um the the water um the water bender from the fire nation because of course they keep her in like a fucking volcano to keep <laughs> yeah. her because she's so dangerous mm. but like she 
And again, so cool, the design. She has no arms, but she uses water bending as an extension of arms to, to free herself. And of course, again, very action movie-like, you know, uh, fucking up close shot of the face, side view, like, she she escaped. Da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Commander Zuko. And Zamuko, Zuko's just looking badass, and he turns around, and he's like fucking walks into the sunlight where he's off to ride off in his dragon like i must warn <laughs> must warn the others we you love know? to yeah. see it <laughs> yeah no no he's like uh it's like oh who do we warn next or like who do we get help from mm-hmm. it's like i know where they're going like i know where they're going now. the water tribe and his, his dragon is so badass like it yeah. has four legs and they're like yes. it, like the way he kind of like curves his like, sorry. body and neck i loved it's like <laughs> i loved how your thing was like it's so badass it has Four legs. <laughs> no, I don't know. One, two, more. three, four. Like, I like the four legs. I mean, I mean, I know the other ones have four legs, but it's like, got I never eyes really and a mouth. Because... It's so badass. <laughs> but like, the, but then the way they drew him, like he looks like all stoic and everything. Somehow the dragon, and it's just it's, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I, what I thought was funny was when he arrived um, to the water tribe and they were going to that prison. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Desna and Eska are now, I guess, in charge of the northern water tribe. And when they go down to the prison, I love how one of them goes like, why didn't anybody tell us we had like a prison down here? <laughs> that could have been useful. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's good that they kept it a secret because goddamn. Oh my god. They're scared. Well, no. Winnelock knew. But apparently. also, we, we made, or he made that comment of like, what have I said? No, he uh, explains so, what the prisoner is and saying, yeah. like, yeah, this person has a particular ability of like Combustion. basically making explosives out of her mind. And it's like, ironically, I, I hired someone like that to kill the avatar. <laughs> it didn't work. And then who was it? <laughs> Desna or something? <laughs> She's just like, that's fine. I try to kill. I try to kill Cora. It's, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I like how we like we went from like, oh my god, Zuko's back. Like he looks so cool and everything into like this awkward little moment. Yeah, with him. that's like the thing that people point out. Like he's still Zuko and he's still like awkward. <laughs> yeah, he still has that level of awkwardness and the way it sort of like meshes with these new characters. Um, Desna and Asuka I don't know I I think it's cool and then of course uh, Korra's dad you know he's the Mm -hmm. southern water tribe chief chief. and he gets big play here too Um, yeah oh I mean I don't know if this needs to be said but like all throughout this like the action scenes are fucking incredible wow the best I mean wow there was this one episode toward the latter half of the season where I was like, holy fuck. This is going on for a while, and this is so great. This is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about, like, the... Uh, well, we get to it when we get to it, I feel. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're... Uh, yeah. Yeah. All of the setup, I think, is great. And when we head to, this, to the middle of the season... Um, we have a little back and forth, right? So we have them, they get to bossing, say, and then they split up. Oh, well, no. they don't split up, but they they then head out to try and head to 
Zaheer before he meets up with them. And along the way, they make several stops. And one of them happens to be, remind me, what's it uh, pronounced again? Zifu? Zaufu? Um, oh, Zaufu. Hold on, real quick, before we get into Zaufu, because that's going to open up a whole other can of worms. I Just- know. I love it. Actually, we didn't really finish bossing say much. Like what happened? Well, even there. even before that, just just to talk about okay. um, Zahir yeah. and, and his. <laughs> there, there is no discussion of bossing say. Um, just <laughs> just to talk about Zahir and his sort of uh, his groupies. Um, just the sort of like offhand conversations between them. Just little one-liners back and forth really bring them to life in a lot of ways like mm. when when they broke out um i i obviously don't know their names but um the the water tribe one she you know she's like oh i'm flattered you know you broke me out before you broke out your girlfriend you know <laughs> and, and these mm-hmm. these sort of one-liners they throw at each other and they're not they never come off as like evil you know yeah that's, that's the what thing I, that's what i was gonna say mm-hmm. like they don't i mean obviously they are because you know they kill people maybe so, their yeah. actions are evil yeah but like they themselves like they're so fully invested in what they believe mm-hmm. and like although it's a it's not necessarily good and they take it to the extreme um it's just like it's just like how who they are and what they think. And they aren't like, cartoon villains. They come um, off yeah. as regular point. people with just political convictions. Right. Yes. Yeah. One moment I think that uh, captures that uh, even better was when they capture I think Bolin, and Bolin's trying to like comically figure out their group dynamic, and then he was like guessing, oh, you you two used to be into each other, and then this happened and that happened, and one of the guys is like, you know what, that was pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like what I like what he asked. I was like, oh, so you guys were locked up for ter- thirteen years? Like, what were you guys doing that whole time and all that? And it's just, and then the water lady, she was like, I was just coming up with stories with the prison guards, like who, who's girl, who's who was having girlfriend troubles, who was gonna miss dinner, who was, <laughs> yeah, and like you get that detail, and also just that one part when they break out the fire lady, and. Like the water lady, like climbs up, um, yeah, the mountain, I guess, or something. And the fire lady goes, "You know, we could have just taken the elevator, right?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, you're 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 showing off now." But <laughs> it, it simultaneously shows them as like regular human beings, but also implies this history that they all share, um, yeah. which further cements them as feeling like human beings. So, and and it also makes it interesting where it's like these people are one unbelievably badass in their abilities but two don't seem evil or over the top like what's their deal you know and it, it makes you very interested to mm-hmm. sort of further explore these people and it pulls you in in a, a lot of action tropey ways i i really like yeah. it it's kind of like what I think that they that Marvel tries to do with their villains, like very yeah. much humanize mm-hmm. them, but like this one actually works. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say it's like I can only think of maybe like less than a handful of Marvel villains that I think they that works. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. out of um, what twenty three movies? Black Widow <laughs> Disney Plus coming <laughs> this December. Uh, no, yeah. I doubt. What? What? What's coming December? 
Black Widow. It's not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, David. Uh, actually, uh, one little fact. So, I don't know if this was like in a comic after Korra, I mean, or mm. where it came from, but someone kind of messed up and the water lady they like drew her with arms like oh was, really like, she looked really young mm-hmm. they drew her with arms like giving like a peace sign on the picture but i think it was like um Martino or something being like oh no she she never had arms to begin with like she, she was, was born, born without, without arms oh, okay yeah so i, I just mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought that was a pretty cool fun fact about her yeah <laughs> hmm. oh, that's cool um yeah we need to get back to the main topic yeah whether or not they ate Bosco. <laughs> we obviously we don't know. <laughs> but the real anyway. <laughs> okay, fine, uh, fine, fine. So let's get back to Bossing Say. I think we're caught up right there now. Yeah, right? about that. Well, I think we, we are. We haven't said that they he they all show up and cause mayhem. And Zaheer comes in and sucks the air out of that lady. Wait, whoa, 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 wait, 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 we're not there I know. Well, we're, they, I thought we were going to be done with Bossing Say. Okay, no, we still haven't got to like the part where she imprisoned all of her airbenders. I thought we already said, I already no. said that. Yeah, I mentioned it, but we no. didn't But what it. about uh, Bolin and uh, and the, the whole family and Mako? Yeah, whichever one you want to talk first, it's still in Bossing Say. Um, oh, 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 okay. Uh, the Mako and Bolin stuff was sweet. Um, it, I think that was interesting because uh, you, you see an example there of how, you know, the demographics have kind of changed uh, post um, Last Airbender. It kind of fills in some of the gaps if you're not aware of the comic stuff about uh, literally why it is that, you know, Bolin and Mako are, you know, they're different from like Firebender and, you know, mm-hmm. Earthbender and whatever. Um, so that was nice. Um, it was, uh, I don't know if it was trying to imply it, uh, maybe it was used as an example, at least, um, their, their, uh, living situation, a little bit of the economic standards of the outer ring or whatever, and how many people lived in that small enclosed area. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I thought that was nice for them to kind of reconnect with their family since, uh, you know, they, they, they lost their father, um, at Republic City. Uh, when it came to uh, the other stuff in Bossing, say with what was it, the Airbenders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he, the Queen uh, got her Dai Li agents to capture any Airbender that was around. Yeah, I wonder. Like, weren't they supposed to be loyal to Azula, or did they kind of like fuck that bitch and since she banished us? Kind of. What what, what happened there? A lot of people seem to go like, wait. The Daily agents are still a thing, and this is still an issue, and da 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 da. To which I say, <laughs> again, much like real history, the more things change, the more things the stay more the they same. stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things, right? It's like, well, we're back in Bossing Say, and <laughs> it's exactly how it was last time. There's some real shady <laughs> shit going on, and what do you know? They still got their stormtroopers right then and there. Yeah, and again, like you can look at like there's so many times where like we look at a piece of media or a newspaper or someone discussing topics from like 50, 60, 70 years ago. And you could have maybe written that shit for it to come out yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. this does happen. And and I kind of like the way this 
that's why I'm kind of cool with the die the die Lee still being a thing and coming in. Um, yeah, I like. And it makes sense mm-hmm. for it the Earth sense. Queen, right? She wants yeah. to recruit um, her subjects. Of course, she views them as property, as you know, monarchies are, and she seemingly. Um, I'm not sure if she says it outright, but she uh, wants to prepare them uh, for not to what happened to her father happened in the future. Um, This may be getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, I don't know if she's implying at a future confrontation with trying to reclaim Republic City, which a future villain tries to actually do. I don't know if that's planting the seeds for that, but it's there because she's pissed. Well, she she very it's kind of um, it comes to light that she very much wants to train them as her own personal like army, mm-hmm. like a loyal. She wants like a a a, a, a second Daily, a second Airbender Daily, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's basically what she's going for. Which I mean, of course that fucking piece of shit ate Bosco of course she would do some <laughs> shitty shit like also this. uh going back to Mako and Bolin's family I like that bit of detail where uh they talk about Akai being an airbender and all that and they're like oh, the Dai Li has been taking people and all that it's like the queen's been taking them actually but then their grandma, their grandma. was the grandma was like oh shush now it's like that's then, like, so she, like kisses I... a picture of her. I love that. That's so great. And again, it, it's yes. it's the the what this universe I think does so well because that's that's so true in so many of these countries in so many of these ways where you have people you saw them. It's like five hundred people in this one small little living space mm-hmm. in in a part of the city that's grank, dirty, and and smells, and they're poor. Um, but you still have these older people that sort of cling to these old ways. And she's like, no, I love the queen. The queen looks after us, even though the queen could, is basically the re could give, give less of a shit and, and is the reason for their sort of poor socioeconomic conditions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even when their place is on fire later on and what's the one thing she grabs before she escapes is the picture of the queen. Um, and I think it's just so true to real life, the way those sort of things go down in countries, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that imagery was, I mean, it it stuck out for a reason. It kind of reminded me of like old Catholic grandmas who carry around with them, you know, pictures and portraits of the Virgin Mary. Ooh, I thought um, you were going to talk about the Pope. <laughs> well, the Pope, uh, my family's not big on the Pope. You don't really have any Pope people but maybe your family has the pope on there yeah uh for sure <laughs> my family is all virgin mary all oh, the way God, yeah. you oh, know yeah mm-hmm. yeah we have one another <laughs> that's catholicism like, for what? you we got several yeah. people to worship who's you your know? guys's favorite virgin <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. i like jane the virgin the show oh i've never seen the show but <laughs> i can just imagine over your mantle a picture of the, the actress Jane from Jane the Virgin. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, that I think that's what kind of made it real. Is, is really great. And then also, yeah. their whole storyline is the first time that I actually 
really liked and felt invested in Mako and Bolin's sort of side story, yeah. like for the first time yeah. in the entire series. Mm, where I'm just yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, like I, when it, bitch, sorry, my cat attacked me. Um, mm. For the first time since the show started, when it cut to them, I was like, good. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see where this goes. And like, I love that heartwarming moment uh, between the grandma and Bolin and Mako, where she's like, um, I wish I could have met your mother. And because she, she clearly, like, the father left and they never, she mm-hmm. basically never saw them again, you know, and they're there sort of crying. And Mako gives, gives her the dad's um, scarf. Scarf. And it's like a really touching moment. Yeah. Uh, no. I really like the story of their parents, of like how they got to Republic City and everything. It was really, really interesting and all that. But yeah, that moment in the end where Mako gives <clears throat> Mako gives a scarf to his grandma. It was really nice and all that. Also, I think the place where that family is living at, I think it's the same place as um, Zuko and Iroh lived. It looked were, uh, similarly. To it, and they were in the outer ring. I feel like in in, in those bossing say episodes before, you know, they moved up to the tea shop, which we don't really know what happened to the tea shop, do we? We don't see it here. No, it's probably a massive chain. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cabbage Corp, you know, ended up being a massive. Uh, well, oof. I know that he still has. He keeps it, like. Um, well, Iroh's dead now, right? So, like, I mean... No, yeah, but he, he does keep the tea shop. Uh, I mean, I know that we see it in the end, but, like, even in the comics, it shows up a lot that, like, the uncle is there and stuff, so... I don't know. I think he I think he just, like, kept it small and, like, to himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. It's a damn tea shop. Uh, you may <laughs> continue with your review. What's next? Um, but yeah, so then you get a look basically inside the training, I guess, of airbenders, uh, in the Earth Kingdom. And so you, you had the whole team, uh, oh, so when they were trying to look for them, they find out that Genora still is able to, like, go into a spirit or a force ghost type of thing <laughs> still. And they try to look for them and everything. But in the middle of it, Lin goes to Bossing Say and it's like, uh, Zaheer and the rest of them are out uh, and everything. We got to get Korra out of here and all that. But Korra's just like, the fuck? And that's when they finally explain as to why uh, she was uh, locked up for 13 years. And it was because Zaheer and the rest of the group were after her or tried to kidnap her basically uh, when she was a child. And they caught them, but they don't know the who red else lotus. Is like in hmm? the red lotus. Well, we didn't know they were the red lotus at the time. Well, he tells Cora. Uh, yeah, he tells Cora later, but like in that moment, uh, we don't oh yeah, like, when um fucking Tenzin's breaking it down. Yeah. yeah. So they just they like they really have no idea like who else is involved in their team and everything. Apparently, they said like thirteen years they were locked up and being interrogated, not once did any of them say a thing as to like what the plan is which like uh 
they build the That's mystery pretty scary <laughs> really good as to like who are these people what the fuck mm-hmm. you know um oh my god i just realized we forgot to mention our boy uh fucking the fire lord grandpa fire lord dropping down the hammer some some fucking fire moves yeah (laughs) when they uh they escaped combustion lady he still had it in him 80 plus Still killing yeah. it. That's my boy Zooks. I, I mean, that's an interesting thing that we see, and we we see it with a different character in season four, right? Mm-hmm. But like this whole idea that everyone just ages differently. Like th- this is literally Zuko eighty plus, um, and he is yeah, still I mean, throwing he was, like, down. This one, he, yeah. And them. meanwhile, Katara. I mean, she's around, but she really looks like she's you know. She really doesn't slow look like down. She can throw barely moves anymore. Um, at least when we see her. But I mean, they're roughly the same age. Yeah, but they're the closest know? in age. It, Z- Zuko was the oldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't he? So it's like, dang. <laughs> um, but no, he still throws down like a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the way they build the mystery of. Zaheer and his people throughout is really good. And then you also have that I don't I think I don't know if it happened yet, but we kind of Oh yeah, it did happen and we kind of skipped over it. The way he goes to Air Temple Island to train yeah. to be a good airbender. And and yeah. <laughs> and he um and again, like he's he's studious and he's He's nice, and but he's also clearly very talented, and he won't shut the fuck up about the guru, fucking <laughs> Lahima. Um, but there's that great scene where what's her name realizes it's him, yeah, and then immediately Kaya. Th- Kaya, and then immediately throws down like fuck Zahir. But like that is such a Zahira move to have such respect for the Airbenders to go there just to fucking train <laughs> to be an airbender yeah. <laughs> in you know in disguise and and like not be malicious about it at all just be like yeah like, like he was genuine like about he was it. genuine about everything he was doing it's just his goal ultimately ends with <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i i fucking loved it also something about that fight between kaya and uh, zahir mm-hmm. So people notice that the way Kaya water bends, she has like these circular motions mm-hmm. oh, into her it. like water bending, basically kind of combining both water bending and air bending mm-hmm. into her style. And she's badass, honestly. Holy shit. Like she just kept throwing like ice shards at him over and over. And that was crazy. <laughs> I, lo- I love Angus I mean, kids. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's one of those things where um uh well of course they were kind of you know trained by the very best around at the time kind of their whole mm-hmm. lives they would be that powerful you oh, know yeah, for sure. but i also like that they're not um the greatest ever right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean like their yeah. parents were important but they're not and that's okay because that's just how it is in real life yeah. We know a lot of famous people, but we don't know a lot of famous people's kids. Be- yeah. <laughs> because well, 
Yeah. What I liked, and I'm kind of going a bit ahead, but that fight between Sahir and Tenzin, what oh. I really liked about it, though, was that Tenzin was actually winning. Like, he actually could have won the fight, but he got ambushed and everything. That whole attack, though, from every every perspective was incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, we'll get into it yeah, and all that, yeah. but, like, you were mentioning how, like, Don't. they're not all the best. But what I liked yeah. about Tenzin was that he was being the best in that moment, but I kind of, like, think about it as... He wasn't the best because he's just the best. I think it's because he has that sense of duty holding up the. He has that duty to like hold up the like air nation. Uh, uh, hold up lineup. the fort. Hold up the fort, basically. Well, like and like he kind of ha- he. I think he in his mind he had to be the best in that moment. <laughs> well, like Kaya and Boomy were very clearly weren't hot ab- around being like the best of the best whereas mm-hmm. with him that shit was laid at his feet and pushed on him since he was mm-hmm. young and you know yeah that whole shebang yeah uh where were we oh yeah um, fucking <laughs> he got his so they... crash course in airbending <laughs> and then peaced out uh <laughs> I, I just think it's yeah. like funny uh I think we can get to uh, metal bending island, not island city. What's it called again? Uh, well, actually, Zalfa. Zalfa. Zal- yeah, hold, mm-hmm. hold on. Actually, we still didn't finish the mm-hmm. prison break. For one thing, I like that the whole entire team worked on this, trying to escape. Um, um, I mean, break free the air airbenders. Oh yeah. Uh, it's like, and it worked perfectly. Like you have Boomy, like kind of uh in charge of it i guess like trying to like get everyone communicated and everything mm-hmm. they all separated uh to find kaya and also the other airbenders uh and i was yeah a cool team you always get a cool team up honestly with mako and bolin just I, I love it when they're both fighting together and everything it's great and then oh and then the moment where they all they're all out but the Dai Li agents are like right in front of them and then all the other Bender, airbenders like work together with uh, Korra and Tenzin to like hold them back by like just, <laughs> just shooting a shit ton of air at them and everything and then like they're all escaping uh, like I, I think it was just a really cool sequence and everything but also right after that Tenzin is talking to all of them and he says uh, we'll, we'll help you find a safe place for you guys but you can either go somewhere safe or you can come with me and learn to be a part of uh, uh, an air nomad, basically. And then everyone rises up being like, I'd like to join you. And then he gets all teary-eyed. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's great. <laughs> I love Tenzin so much. Like like I said, yes. I, I'm not hot on how they brought back the airbenders. But once you roll with it, a lot of just the story stuff is so good. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just their struggle to, to get there. It's it's yeah. so it's so fun. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah. it. And then of course once they get to Air Temple Island and they, they start to train and there's just the juxtaposition of Tenzin all his life, this is everything he's loved. And and it it's so obvious to him, like, oh yes, like why like I said, like why wouldn't anyone want to be an airbender? And it to a regular person, it's like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. 
and sort of you know that back and forth and, mm-hmm. and of course all the kids helping fucking milo running them <laughs> rugged no uh, it was funny when he was teaching them and he tells a story of this other this one guru who like went i don't know a hundred days without eating or something and like he's literally telling telling them like every single day that he didn't eat like the story mm-hmm. to all the other airbenders and they're just like oh my god <laughs> but it's like on day 90 he did this day 91 and that's when they all like just like lose interest <laughs> finally <laughs> so yeah they really show just like how much he does love it how much it's how important for him he is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. i i don't remember at what point of the season they 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 say it but i like when they <laughs> They bring up um, the guru uh, Galima or what's his name? The the one that uh, what's his name always brings up. Oh, Guru Lahima. Lahima. The Tenzin is like, oh yeah, of course, Guru Lahima. Like, like of course he knows <laughs> everything about him too. Um, no, it was Kaya. She was like, it's like, yeah, I went off against it here, and like he brought up this Guru Lagama or something guy. And it's like, uh, you know, I can't remember those all those names and everything. And he's just like, Guru Lahima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. It was great. Um, yeah. Should we get to Zao Four now? Yes, <laughs> Zao Fu now. Uh, basically, they get a call that someone in that city is an Airbender, and so they go over there and. You realize it's a, it's an entire city made of metal, basically. And, Isn't that uh, every modern city? <laughs> well, I mean, this one though, that's like, there's no color <laughs> in this city. It's basically just benders. all like gray metal. What I like about Zarfor is, it's a genuinely new location, and so yeah. far the only new location was like Republic City. Which Republic City is cool. I I like Republic City, but mm. Zarfor is also a, a little bit more um, creative with the way in which mm-hmm. it's presented. Like it, the mm-hmm. entire city is sort of like these three separate metal, almost they look like flowers. Yeah, that, and know. it makes sense that that something like that would exist now. Yeah, and obviously it shows the advancement of this world as you know, meta bending has. In the what seventy plus years since uh the last airbender, how it's spread and grown mm-hmm. and become normalized across the world uh it it's really cool, and then of course all the the character stuff they do there is really cool too mm-hmm. uh, so like you guys yes, we get to see. The Bay Fong. The Bay Fong <laughs> oh family. I, oh my god. I love everything that has to do with Top's family. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship uh of both daughters I think is it's super interesting and I love that like this whole thing of like them not being perfect parents and stuff, I I think is great. I think it makes sense. Um, especially for Toph. Especially for <clears throat> Toph. I mean. And then. Um, what's it called? Like even just like how they are. 
and how they were raised and what led them to be the person that they are. I love it so much. <laughs> and um, what what's the sister's name? Sue? Sue Beifong. So you um, need her. Her family? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> They have, she has freaking Skrillex as a son. Wild. It's, it's those like, she kind of represents those artsy fartsy overachieving parents. Uh Um, but she never comes off as, I think it's very, it could have been very easy for her to come off like you as an audience also hate her and like annoying, but she never comes off that way, which I think is Mm -hmm. kind of a miracle. Uh, <laughs> she's like one of those rare um you know people in real life and also characters and from these uh in any show really that you know is in a very comfortable and powerful position who has access to any kind of privilege whatsoever um and yet she's also a good person hey mm-hmm. <laughs> those don't exist um, <laughs> fake. <laughs> but her, her whole deal between her and her sister, like you said, you really love everything with uh, Toph and her family. I agree. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, of course it would turn out this way, because yeah. when they when they talk about sort of the way their family life was, um, Toph was. V- unbelievably hands-off uh because the way she grew up her parents were Uh you know overbearing so she's like i don't want that for my kids so they're um she took the extremely hands-off approach in Mm -hmm. which case you know lynn sort of in an effort to impress her mother was very clearly like the good child that tried to do everything right. And her sister took advantage of that freedom to do everything wrong. <laughs> uh, and and that sort of sparked resentment between the two. And Toph never really addressed it or, or, or came to, to fix it. it. Yeah, uh-huh. or tried to deal with it, I, I think is the best way to put it. Um, yeah. So of course that's what, and also, um, I think it makes like, a lot that, of sense. That makes sense too mm-hmm. because Toph is not like a people person. Yeah. I was, so <laughs> she would not go out of her way to try and fix these situations. I was gonna say it also makes sense that she never married <laughs> and had two kids from two different dads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that was the crazy part for me. It's like, oh my, oh my god, like Toph didn't have a good marriage and actually had two kids with two different people like that was actually really surprising for me oh to me i was like oh that makes sense it does yeah yeah think about it like of Uh, course she there's this thing going on where supposedly do we have to do we have oh god do we have to do that (laughs) do we have to do it i mean that's like addressing QAnon people like really Yeah, um, look, I think it's kind of the, the, you know, the tale as old as time situation with parents to children and then children becoming new parents. I feel like, and at least this is in the, from what I've, what I can gather, right, is that parents, newfound parents, um, 
really take uh, their own upbringing into consideration. And a lot of times, newfound parents have a tendency to overcorrect from what they perceived were wrong ways in how they were raised. And in fact, they, you know, they, they do the complete opposite of how they were raised, but perhaps to mm-hmm. uh, a new degree of fault. I, for example, I know one of my one of my friends um, who is a parent, and who he told me that um, he really goes above and beyond to give his kids everything he literally couldn't have. And sometimes to a fault because they expect certain things and he feels uh, that in some areas he may be causing new problems, but he still feels that he is, you know, making up for things that he himself couldn't have when he was a kid. And so I just feel like that's just a very real thing about parenting and that there's no such thing as perfect parenting. There may not even be a good thing as good parenting considering all the problems every fucking generation seems to have and considering every problem that we get to, you know, that every generation hands the other generation over. Um, not pointing fingers at anybody in particular um, in today's society, right? Um, this, you know, how vastly fucked over Moreno's one generation is from the other. that old. Come on now. She's still um, part of our generation. What? What? <laughs> that I'm old. Oh, well, I mean, I wasn't I talking about talking you. I was talking, talking about, about something else in general. Generation. I thought it was... A pretty, you mean the worst generation, more like it. Um, if we're talking about that, but Why are you were talking Moreno so much, she was part of the greatest generation. I'm not talking to her. She's <laughs> even, she's she's irrelevant in this discussion. I'm talking about Damn. the overall. She's, she's not a parent. None of us are parents, so it's not that. The thing is, um, so far as we know, did people? I mean, of of course, uh, I guess understandable that considering. All the years that we've done shows like these, we have covered a litany of criticisms from fandom that have been, on their face, completely absurd. And this is just one of those things that I feel like I'm sure people bitched about. Like, how the fuck did Toph, you know, why did they make her out to be a bad parent and shit like that? And I'm like, I hate people so much. We can never have just a fucking nuanced discussion for once and talk about, you know, have a real honest conversation. Everything has to be in such fucking black and white and you're this or you're that. And fuck off. Mm-hmm. That's my Ted talk. No, but, <laughs> no, but I like, like just kind of everything. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> everything they like build up. As to why she like get him some fucking water, Alexis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as to like why she raised her kids the way she is. So like, yeah, her parents basically like closed her off from the world. She didn't want that. But also, she had like a lot of stress in her life because she was chief of police. Like, I love that flashback of um, Sue basically getting arrested by Lynn, and like she's talking to both of them, being like the fuck were both of you thinking like in in any of this and she like ends it with her basically like um uh taking sue away <laughs> basically from republic republic city and hiding what she did and i like how um the way sue was raised affected the way she raised her kids so like she mentions that yeah toff i mean my mom gave gave us all the freedom in the world and like i wanted that for my kids but she also like 
trapped them basically in this city. Yeah. Like she literally built the city <laughs> and like wanted to keep all of her family together because she didn't want to like abandon them, I guess, like the way kind of what Toph did with her. And so I love just like how much that affected her and her um and her parenting. <clears throat> and what was I gonna say? Oh, and I love how they use that flashback to kind of like show Sue and Lynn's uh um how they were when they were younger. How they were when they were younger, but also like just kinda of how they dealt with it basically that situation. Especially Lynn. <laughs> uh and I like that scene where they finally work it out, basically by fighting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. The core is just like, should we stop it? And Bolin's just like uh, you you know have siblings uh it'll be fine <laughs> just trust <laughs> me <laughs> so yeah what are your guys thoughts how they dealt with their family issues <laughs> I love that scene because it, <laughs> it had a very oh, oh shit moment where <laughs> she was like <laughs> you're just old and bitter and lo- alone and no wonder Tenzin left you no. And then that's when you're like, oh no. <laughs> like, she really hit her to the core like only a sibling could. Or only a sibling yeah. could. <laughs> so it just makes you go, like, oh fuck. So you knew shit was gonna go down after that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I. Re- what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And I really liked the way how after the fight was done, it's like all all those years of resentment and anger were just sort of excised from her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Particularly Lynn yeah. and, and sort of this. <laughs> she had a Zuko moment. Yeah, she had a she <laughs> yeah, very much she really did, did have a Zuko moment. Um and her sort of relationship with her niece. Uh, what's her name? Bolin's new squeeze. Oh my! Oppo. Uh, Oppo. <laughs> Oppo. Like A P A O P A L. Oppo. Yes. Oppo's and bonobos. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! What happened tonight? Damn. It's almost it's almost twelve at night. I mean <laughs> Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Good to- I didn't name her, that's all I know. Um I like cause she, fucking Lynn was cold. Like um <laughs> What's her name? Popo tried to come in and oh be like, I'm sorry about everything, like please, like you know, be cool. And then she's like, get lost, bitch. Like, no. You know? <laughs> and it's like, fuck, yeah. Lynn. Like, chill. Um, but you could tell, like, she still had that resentment. And then every time Lynn would throw shit in her face, the sister, she's like, hey, like, me and mom made up, like, years ago. Like, I don't, mm. you know, we talked through this. Like, why are, I don't know, why are you holding on to this? Um, oh, and like that's where she got her fucking scar. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> they reveal. But yeah, um, all that family stuff is so good. And then afterward, after they have that big fight, where she's kind of able to finally talk it through out. it with her and be like, 
okay like i'm ready to move forward that was that was nice i like i really like i really like all that shit a lot of family shit this season yeah no yeah. i mean i actually do like it though because it it was less talking more fighting <laughs> but is... i like how like once they let everything out though like everything was fine you know i mean ella and i like we kind of argue a lot but it's just like it's we'll it say never... something somebody will say something stupid and then we'll one of us will it. laugh and it's like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, like i kind of like how it just it is dealt with it just kind of like it's it's fast but also like yeah that's a sibling thing <laughs> like you just let it all out and then get over it the next day <laughs> Um. Also, I think it was kind of funny the way they shot it. So she she was asleep for like fifteen hours or something, and they go to her room, <laughs> and uh, who was it? Mako like tries to wake her up and everything, but she just comes out and she like she's wearing a, I don't know, regular clothing basically instead of her police uniform. <laughs> and then she's usually she uh rocking a, a wife beater. Yeah. Oh, what? Tank top. The tank top. Oh, yeah. That but that yeah, name that name made the out. I didn't know what the fuck are you talking about? That's a very old reference, and I've always wondered myself why the fuck do they call those wife beaters? I mean, oh, I, I, like, are you sure you want to ask that? I mean, like. I, I I know the implication there, but like, uh -huh. why? Why would the fuck would you call something like that and then like yeah. normalize <laughs> that into society? In hindsight, <laughs> maybe not the most PC terminology. Uh, yeah, no, like I knew you were talking about a piece of clothing, but I was like, what kind of fucking what? clothing is called a wife beater? Like, it's like the hell? in my defense, like that is a very widely used. Yeah, I think I've heard it, but like I just like it. It was hard for me to process. Like the fuck kind of clothing is that? <laughs> Especially because like what you meant was tank top, and I was like, oh yeah, I know what that Listen, is. Listen, okay. I can't fix America. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> anyway, oh my god, but I, I think she's talking to Sue. <laughs> <laughs> this show has gone off the rails at this point i don't know what happened um, so fucking wife beater oh my god <laughs> she's talking to sue and like yeah they talk and they're like hey we're like forgive and forget type of thing and i just i, I don't know why i find it funny but like it kind of like they make a shot of her face, like all smiley and everything. Like, oh, she's over it now. And it's just like, I don't know why. I find it funny, like the way they like animated that scene. <laughs> you know what I found funny in that in, in that whole situation is Zafu um, is uh, the dinner scene. Um, everyone was just so like uh, varying degrees of awkward to uncomfortable. Especially, yeah. <laughs> especially, I think maybe not, no one more so than Lynn. That's like, well, fuck this shit. Not to eat at a fucking dinner and everything. Like, look at all this pomp and <laughs> circumstance and shit. Um, and it like the uh, this all leads to like obviously a blow up there because I mean you can't you obviously can't have nice things and you can't you can't have one <laughs> nice fucking yeah. dinner. But I think like to me the part where it was like 
so hilarious was when like freaking Varric walks in out of nowhere completely like out of oh, left yeah. field <laughs> and he fucking just like pulls up a chair and like casually starts talking and everyone's like what the fuck what the fuck are you doing here like didn't you like and he's all in and Varric's acting like cool and shit and like meanwhile like Mako is like hey what the fuck you you literally like tried to kidnap the president and you broke out of prison and shit and now you're here and like and literally you know Varric is just being all nonchalant and everything and <laughs> this was like the fucking trigger and Lynn was like what the fuck now you're hosting criminals here and then she like she pulls and then she just like I think she gets up smashes something and then walks out the the dining room mm-hmm. so that's how I would do that's all <laughs> uh, I like how they explain that uh, because of what Varric did uh, Asami gets like all of the company basically now <laughs> and so that's like that's why she's still rich <laughs> you need a you need yeah. a way to keep her rich <laughs> what does she say you're harboring a criminal now and then she walks out is that what happens something like that but I like how she explains like dude everyone here was a criminal once so it's like our chef here was a pirate <laughs> so now like <laughs> Um, but yeah okay we do get to like the main point of the city they basically they go because uh opal Opal. (laughs) oh my god Uh, (laughs) um she can airbend and but also uh mako learns how to uh, he tries to learn Bolin. Bolin tries oh, to. Sorry, yeah, Bolin, and then uh, Cora. She does learn how to metal bend. Uh, Bolin couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but surprise, surprise, uh, for later on. Um, so that's basically it for that. And then they like, I think from there they go off to the air temple, right? Mm-hmm. They get attacked. There? Oh yes. yeah. Like right before they were going to leave, they get a uh, they get attacked by the group and um by the red lotus. We don't know that yet. <laughs> uh so, well, how did it happen? I can't remember. Oh yeah, they, they like snatch the her in her is, sleep. Yeah. Some hood they shit. Do that. <laughs> and then this like huge and, Oh I remember now, Bol Bolin. Get, uh, gets woken up mm-hmm. by Pabu and like he looks out the window like they're literally carrying her right there like Santa like, Claus ah! <laughs> and he's just like oh my god they're taking Cora like, <laughs> um, giant fight happens uh, you just got everyone there just going up against four benders out of like how many are there are they of them like ten mm-hmm. of them <laughs> going after them and they couldn't do shit this is what I feel though when like this sh- the the Legend of Korra in comparison to Avatar, The Last Airbender, is basically like an action show or even like a superhero show. Because most of the action in like The Last Airbender, it's, it's like Star Wars. You know, you have this empire that controls everything and you're fighting back to, you know, tear down the empire. Whereas... With Korra, it's like, no, like, the world's pretty much cool, but you have these instances of basically, like, fucking supervillains that are trying to tear down the world, and you gotta stop them. 
So you have, but it makes for cool, interesting, different kind of bending action scenes where you have, um, you know, the, uh, the fucking Power Rangers trying to steal Korra and they have this whole city, you know, Zaifu metal bending city trying to stop them. And so they're trying to get creative with how to escape with her. They have the fucking lava bender, like create a zone around them as they try to escape through like, what was it like a ladder or they're trying to go up high. Um, mm. But it, it, it creates interesting action scenes. Mm. Um, and what's her name? Lynn's sister. What's Lynn's sister's name? Sue. Sue. Yeah. Sue. <laughs> she's really fucking good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and everything yeah. with her is is so so good, and I like the scene where it's like, "Fuck, this combustion lady is just fucking us up." So um, Bo Lin had to like knock her in the head with the rock, and they had to like time it perfectly, and it's mm-hmm. cool shit like that that I I really and like. They set that up. Uh, yeah, when they were training in that season, were they training? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. they were training, and like he hit one of Sue's kids with like a little pebble. Mm-hmm. Which then led to that, and so it was really cool. But I like that whole sequence though, where they're like, "Okay, let's take him from above," and they're like, "They're on top." And there's one. I think it was one of Sue's kid that was like, "Hey, are we good to go?" And he's like, "It was Michael. No go, no go. Okay, go. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "No, you idiot! What the heck?" And so it was, it was, it was funny, but also like intense. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then so they failed. And then get a, they get away, which leads to this, like, mystery of, like, who the heck brought them into the city and all that. And it was some... Her right-hand dude. <laughs> yeah, her right-hand man who can, like, tell when people are lying. <laughs> which is, I don't know. I think, when you think about it, it's kind of obvious who it was. <laughs> it's I mean, the really, in retrospect, yeah, in retrospect, it was obvious. And then what happens is they... Uh, Team Avatar ends up uh, tracking them down and they leave. Uh, there was a little bit of a lying to Lynn about, because Lynn was like, uh, this shit's not happening. I said so. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what's her name again? Sue? Goes behind her back mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, you're right. But then, no, you can go ahead and go. And then they rent, they they go to this uh, old town, which is basically where we saw the desert episodes back in airbender mm-hmm. it's the valley it's literally the same spot. yeah it's, it's the same spot and they they find the sue's right hand man well and real like, quick i like that they find out that the fucking uh the queen put a bounty on their heads <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, that's funny mm-hmm. and then they're in that city oh i like that one part uh, they get to well, they get to one city and they find out they're being hunted. But then when they get to the one place from the last Airbender, uh, they try to like hide their hide their identities. But someone uh, figures out Bolin, and you think it's like bounty hunters, but no, I love really that big scene. Fans of Nuktuk, <laughs> I, I love it. They have a poster, <laughs> and the lady's like, "Make it out to like," and I can't remember her name and everything, but like. She was just like badly in love with him immediately. And that was a funny oh God, way she to gave bring him that a, back. Yeah, and she gave him a doll like that she made of, of him. It yeah. was funny. 
But they do like a stakeout basically, try to see if like Zaheer and the group would come to that one guy. And you just get like this funny scene of uh Bolin and Asami playing Pai Show and <laughs> they basically realize that Pai Show makes no absolutely no that sense. That was weird because <laughs> they spent a lot of time on Pai Show and I was like, is this gonna play into anything? But no, they were just playing a shit ton of Pai Show. <laughs> I was well, like, okay. I think it's just because, just, yeah, I think they just wanted like a little moment between the friends, like actually being friends and all that. Playing Pasha. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like and then that. This is where she goes into the spirit world. Huh? Yeah. So they like they know they know they knew they know there's a meeting happening, but they have no idea where. And then they like finally Cora gets impatient breaks in to where that guy is and he's like meditating but like he has no reaction to anything she realizes oh my gosh the meeting isn't here it's in the spirit world which is like genius honestly (laughs) for like Zaheer to do that and like basically like the group of people are able to like anyone who's in the Red Lotus Society like is able to do that probably and I just find it really smart um, that's how they do their meetings basically and so she goes there uh zaheer kills that guy <laughs> sends it to like that lost fog place <laughs> oh yeah and that's when you finally realize everything and then zaheer is part of the red lotus who is like people who i guess detracted from the white lotus mm-hmm. and, this is where you hear his old game plan yeah and so they were the original plan was to kidnap Korra and train her to be a part of the Red Lotus but later on though we figure out that no they're just gonna try to get rid of the Avatar cycle forever now well and then the the thing is he talks about how he is an anarchist he wants freedom for all people and and um mm-hmm. that includes you know bringing down the governments and 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 the, the their leaders and Korra I really like this because Korra is just like what like you can't do that that's bad and then he's like well like you've seen how adequate inadequate these leaders have been and, and how disastrous that has fallen them like haven't you given this any thought and Korra's just like oh like you can tell Korra's never even taken a second to think about are these institutions just like mm-hmm. she just has just went along with everything her whole life and it's the first time i think she actually takes a step back and thinks like oh like really i don't know like i've never thought about this and he even says mm-hmm. like all the airbenders were nearly wiped out you know not too long ago by a fire lord you know who had too much power and and felt that he can do whatever he wanted that the world was his for the taking and um like like genuine genuine anarchist philosophy like this is kind of like a 101 in that um which i thought was like wow like they really went there with this kids show to really delve into that Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really interesting and the question is like well why would he want to kill the avatar and it's because the avatar kind of is that hierarchy personified the avatar mm-hmm. stands above everyone else and you know quote unquote maintains the balance the peace whatever 
but you're still standing above everyone else and be if if you're an anarchist the one person you'd want to bring down is the avatar because like i said she is hierarchy personified she is i know better and will choose the future for everyone else on my own you know just the way i want mm-hmm. and we know and it's it's like we know that the avatar ultimately is just a person in in their decisions and the way they think their relationships so to just have a random person be able to decide sort of the the future for everyone on a whim like Mm -hmm. you can really understand where zahir's coming from with his philosophy because as you know the great guru lahima once said um i got 99 problems but a bitch ain't one so (laughs) it's 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 interesting i really really like mm-hmm. that conversation i really wait like the way they she, he challenged her of course all of it was just in an effort to fucking stall her so his yeah. um his posse the red lotus he says it so i can say it now david yes. <laughs> um <laughs> which again again uh, i really like what they did like the meeting took place in the spirit mm-hmm. world and but like while they're there he's able to like communicate with his team outside and that's how they figure out how to kidnap Korra again and again the action scenes are fucking fantastic um Mm -hmm. but they and they get their asses handed to them team avatar or like Mm -hmm. team you guys fucking suck um (laughs) well i like uh bolin's excuse is like can we switch bad guys like i'm basically (laughs) giving this guy ammo (laughs) yeah because he kept throwing rocks and he would just use it to turn it into freaking lava Lava. uh no that's (laughs) all that shit was great uh and then of course she does get captured but by the earth queen's people And her and Asami, Asami being all badass, breaks them out in the fucking train or whatever. There's a lot of shit that happens on their way back to, (laughs) or trying to get back to um, uh, Bossing Say. But the main. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot the word Bossing There's so many things that happen in the scene. There's a lot going on at the same time. But the, the most important thing about that is that oh Zaheer God. and the the Red Lotus find out like okay they're on their way so they go and talk to the queen and what's interesting is Zaheer is actually pretty cool the first time he talks to the queen mm-hmm. like he's like hey let's do a trade like I'm just I'm just trying to get the avatar okay uh you whatever but then she fucking oversteps her boundaries. And Zaheer's like, okay, you know, is is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? You know, <laughs> he basically, he pulls out all the stops and he does something. And again, it's a fucking kid's show. And I remember s- the original show was so averse to violence poor chet we were left confused as to his whereabouts <laughs> um but no you know fucking legend of core don't give a fuck um very calmly <laughs> he just 
straight up is like, hey, you don't tell me what to do. I don't believe in queens. You know, you have you have de- deprived your people of freedom and freedom to the people is as vital as air. And as the whole mm-hmm. time, like the music swelling, he's doing his air bending and literally pulls the breath out of her mouth as she like pretty violently chokes to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way like they made her look mm-hmm. though, when she was yeah. using her breath, like her eyes were wide open. Mm-hmm. It was literally getting red Super and shit. Anime. <laughs> and her eyes were getting red and everything like her like face was like i don't know how to say it, but deflated deflated yeah basically and then like you see her last breath going away and she's like literally reaching out for it like holy shit <laughs> all i could think was we got him bosco we got him <laughs> oh my god i mean that's i mean look uh i know it's 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 horrible but there are you know those characters out there that um are that bad you really do celebrate when they're horribly you know discarded or when you know uh the other way around when a fan favorite is so horribly treated and then she gets hers and blows everybody up except of baylor anybody uh winds of winter um <laughs> I, I gave that a standing ovation when she blew up those assholes um that was that was peak um television <laughs> The show never got better from there. I think that, that it should have ended there. That was the last episode for me. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, no, I like the I like the scene though where Korra and Sami are in the airship, and Asami is the one that figures out a way out and everything. And she gives that little detail of, oh, th- these ships are made from. Uh, Cabbage Corp, they're really cheap, so <laughs> it'll be easy to get out of here. <laughs> Damn, and, uh, hating on Cabbage I don't know why I find it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I find it funny though. Like I thought Cabbage Corp was like a company that sells vegetables or something. I didn't know they built machines or anything like that. So I thought that was funny. But I like the entire sequence though, where like they crash land, they look, they all work together. To uh, try to escape, but then things go wrong, <laughs> oh. and so they kind of like bring back that whole uh, sand ship thing, and they use that to escape. And at the end, though, Whoa. the captain of the but like the most important part, the Red Lotus then tears down the walls of oppression around Ba Sing Se. <laughs> well, I was gonna get to that. <laughs> F- fuck the. With the sand boat, we get to the. Good I like show. that sequence though, because like they 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 have this guy who was like, "No, I have my orders. I have to mm-hmm. do this and that." But like he realizes, the avatar is cool. <laughs> like I don't need to do this. It's uh, what he says. Like this is way above my pay grade and all that, and like lets her go. Well, at that Just, point, like, they gotta like... survive. <laughs> well, yeah, now they do, but like in that moment, I kind of like how this. Uh, survival instinct of theirs and like this teamwork kind of built a friendship it was, it was I, I really liked it but Marco and Bolin they went, go back to Boston say with the Red Lotus group and they get in prison and everything and then they're like in the heart of the chaos basically and and uh, try to escape 
And yeah, so then when they tear down the walls of oppression, <laughs> anarchy, <laughs> anarchy ensues, and everyone's just like rioting and looting the uh, the palace and everything. I love the little moment though where they um, Zahir goes to I don't know it's the intercom place within the city. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the water banner is all like trying to be tough, like you know, tell us where this happened, and tell us where the controls are or whatever. And Zahir's like, whoa, 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 like these no like he's one of the people like these are the these are the oppressed we're trying to we're trying to free here and and so then like he all tries to talk to him nicely and stuff and and again it, it's that wrinkle of such an interesting character where he genuinely does believe this is just and this is about freeing the people and tearing them away from the bondage that they're put under and again and in mm-hmm. some ways he's not wrong <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. So just like you, you understand what he's trying to do, but it's still it's still. I mean, it's not wrong, but it's the methods just he. Yes, yeah. The methods aren't the best, especially because yeah. And it gets it. it you really get into it in season four, but when all you do is just tear down the structure of society and then move on and go like okay my work here is done <laughs> and i it'll figure itself out <laughs> it sometimes figures itself yeah. out in bad ways um but that's mm-hmm. more season four. as we've seen in real life yes um, absolutely. In our ways. okay we need we need to wrap this up in 20 minutes we got to get to the air temple attack and then the finale with cora go Okay. okay so yeah they escape blah 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 they go uh oh he tells Malcolm Bolin that hey give a message to the avatar I'm done chasing her she's gonna come to us now and the threat was uh turn yourself in or I kill all the airbenders well again. no you or, completely all the hold on hold on hold on <sighs> hold on that is not what happened what first happened is well, actually, you know what? Never mind. That is what happened. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so she gets uh, she gets the message, and she's trying to figure out what to do, and she had this great moment um, where she goes to the spirit world, hoping to talk to Zaheer, but instead of meeting Zaheer, she meets Iroh again. Hooray, Iroh. Uh, and she's trying to get advice from him, but he's like, I think the best person you can ask is Zuko. Like, he was... Aang's best friend. I think he knows exactly what he would do in this situation. And so you see Korra with Zuko, and it's a, it's really cool because <laughs> they're just, I don't know, it's the Avatar with Zuko again and all that. <laughs> and she asks him, like, hey, what would he do in this situation? Like, you knew him best. And he's like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure bringing back the, air, uh, the airbenders would be his number one priority. And I think he would do anything. He would do anything to try and protect that. And so that's when she realizes, okay, I guess I gotta give myself up then. But did we even talk about the attack on Airbender Island and when they captured the that. Airbenders? We're getting to that. <laughs> uh, but basically, that happens. So then, yeah. So then Zahir, uh, Korra warns Tenzin about Zahir coming, but it's too late. He's there. 
And then that's when you get this big ass fight with Tenzin and uh, Zaheer. And again, Tenzin was winning, but uh, he gets ambushed by the Earthbender and the Waterbender. And they kick his ass horribly. I know. And you get this awesome moment, though, where Zaheer's like, give up, and all that. And he's like, as long as I'm still breathing, I'll never give well, up. Well, this, this <laughs> whole sequence was. I think some of the best action in the whole show because you had um, you had the three siblings (laughs) going up against um, Zaheer uh, Mm -hmm. Lava Man and Water Girl and I love that movie (laughs) they were legit great Um, Kaya and um, Water Girl like their one on one fight a water bending fight Mm -hmm. was so good like there's there's some crazy moves that are just etched in my mind mm-hmm. where she's like doing this spinning thing with her water arms, but the tips are like yeah. sharp ice and she's like this blade and she throws a, a pick at her and she like breaks it, turns it around and throws it back at her. It's so good. And you have Zaheer, mm-hmm. which is like, he's like this very skilled amateur um going against up against Tenzin and I think this is the first airbender on airbender fight and like the, the first and maybe only in the entirety of the series both series and mm-hmm. you know Tenzin is just so um specific <clears throat> with his movement like you can tell they really think out their fighting styles and Tenzin is so um specific with the moves he's doing and you can tell he's probably practiced a thousand times a day from scrolls uh, uh the yeah. the specific moves and they have to be 100 percent perfect whereas um zaheer is a little bit more loose and mm-hmm. again amateurish with what he's doing and of course fucking booming fucking around <laughs> just trying not <laughs> to die and the back and forth the way they help each other and then yeah ultimately when all is kind of lost uh and Tenzin is going fucking three on one you know standing against the red lotus it's it's all so unbelievably well done and i really mm-hmm. all good shit mm-hmm. which of and i love how i love how he was the one that like stood it was the last one standing there and it was so great like I love Tenzin, man. <laughs> and well, while that was happening, though, the other airbenders were trying to escape and everything. But you had that fire lady uh, basically like blocking their escape and all that. And then Kai had like a great hero moment when he was trying to distract her and everything. But yeah, it failed. <laughs> but uh, I like that little setup, though, of him, like, he's he survived the attack, and, like, he has his baby bison by his side, uh, that he escapes with and everything. So then now, you have Korra and that team heading towards the, uh, temple. And she tells him, like, hey, I'm gonna get myself up, uh, just get the airbenders out of here as quick as you can and all that. And so they come up with a plan, it's like, okay, you just... Uh, you turn yourself in, we'll get them out. As soon as we're out, we'll just ambush them and <laughs> uh, kick their ass, basically. And it's, uh, it's, I mean, again, it's like, it's really great teamwork for within all of them. So Malcolm Bolin and Asami, they're the ones that go after the airbenders. 
and they see Tenzin, he's on the floor and everything, and they they try to tell him like, okay, come on, let's um give us to them and everything. And they like try to take care of te- uh, Tenzin, but they realize like the other Airbenders that are there, they want Airbenders. Uh, I like uh, the Water Lady basically made like sculptures, I guess. Or, oh, that was like that was actually bodies. a really good reveal. Like all of them yeah. were fake because it was creepy the way they like they all like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dissipated into the ground and they're like fuck it's a setup. The heist yeah, yeah. has gone wrong. So, yeah, so <laughs> Cora, she was about to give herself up. Like she, I think she was like literally in handcuffs and everything. Her dad, Lin and Sue and some other metal benders were there, and as soon as they realized, hey, deal's off. Like go attack 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 and then uh they all just like try to ambush them and Korra I liked her fighting like again she was handcuffed so she just had to like just keep kicking and kicking and kicking Mm -hmm. and finally though her dad comes in and like tries to save her like they do some cool teamwork and I think Lin and Sue were going up against the firebender lady and you see another like pretty gruesome death (laughs) uh in the show that was great it's another one of those oh fuck moments where it's like are they gonna go there oh shit they went there um Mm -hmm. where and and lynn too like it's so funny that original show where they're like even the heroes are like we can't show death and these and these heroes are like i don't give a fuck whose throat do i need to slit like it's crazy (laughs) it's so crazy and and again, we didn't. I don't know if you talked about it, but like, there's, there's a wonderful setup because throughout the the whole show, um, what's his name, um, Combustion Girl, and uh, Zahir are in a, are in a mm-hmm. relationship, and right before this whole showdown, you know, he's they're like, oh, I, my love, I love you, you know, once we do this, we mm-hmm. shall be together. So you're like, okay, something's going down because uh, they're talking too much about how they love each other but what it's great is throughout the entire season even from the first episode he's reciting uh guru, guru lahima's like um incantation or something like let go mm-hmm. this tethered world and become air like it like it's several lines but i know that's the last one mm-hmm. and in that moment he witnesses his uh the love of his life die in a pretty brutal way is it here and that in a way that was his last tie yeah that was world. his last tie to the tethered world and once he lost it he f- basically reached enlightenment in a way mm-hmm. and you have that really <laughs> so he's thanos <laughs> he's fucking what did there's it, a lot of thanos what, what did it cost here? <laughs> everything <laughs> um i mean yeah that that's his what did it cost moment um and of course he he fucking flies and it's really cool he yeah. he like falls into the sky and everybody's mm-hmm. like oh shit <laughs> yeah and, and everyone's just like what the fuck just happened like is that even possible I, that, then... to me that's such a cool moment and a cool reveal and then of course he escapes mm-hmm. with um uh Cora, because she couldn't fucking get away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and that. And like, then even mm-hmm. even like all that stuff with Cora is nuts. Like it's so 
scary and mm-hmm. like fun. No, yeah, no, yeah, we'll get to that. But I, uh, when he flew though, I like that they kind of portrayed it that it's like an impossible thing to do. Like, not just anyone can do it. Like, you really have to be like a certain mindset mm-hmm. in order to like accomplish this type of ability. It's kind of like just great, like whole crux type of thing. Like, you have to enlightenment do certain things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um. So yeah, again, great action. I don't. I, this one actually might be my favorite action scene of the show, just because I, I I like Lin and Sue fighting Bolin together. Bolin lava bends. Like, yeah, and then Bolin lava bends. That that was the big reveal, I guess, of his character. That's why he couldn't metal bend because he lava bends. He lava bends, which again, I like how it's a special thing mm-hmm. that not everyone can do. Like. Only certain people can. Some people have guessed that he can lava bend because his dad's... No, his mom's from the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. And his dad's from the Earth Kingdom. That's my guess. So much together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Got like, a little rock I and mean, fire in him. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. But I don't know if I like. I would like that. I don't know. Uh, the final episode he, is yeah, so, fucking incredible. Uh, yes. They mm-hmm. revealed that their basically their their goal is going to be to not only kill the Avatar but end the line completely, which I, we've mm-hmm. gone over before. Of course they would. Um, they try to kill Korra. Korra breaks out, and what proceeds is like one of of the not greatest battles in fucking this universe. Like they mm-hmm. go all out the music the, the 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 camera is whipping around in ways i didn't think mm-hmm. that they would ever be able to achieve with this show like it is fucking zahir is flying through the air and the camera's whipping around him and fucking cora cuts open a boulder the size of mm. a building and throws it at him while the music swells and i'm like oh fuck like this is incredible while she's fucking yeah while she's losing it and dying and going in and out of the the Mm -hmm. fucking uh avatar state like it's so good it's so good and all it made me go is like how could how is it so hard to crack the live action code to this like fuck Mm -hmm. it's so ah like I mean, I guess the Matrix movies. I don't know, but like it's it's so so good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I like uh, I like it. I like how people point out though that in her avatar state, it's just her. Like she doesn't have the past avatars anymore. So like, this is all her. Whose strength. fault is that, Cora? <laughs> <laughs> the. Yeah, and so yeah, they reveal reveal the plan and everything. Uh, uh, the the entire team's trying to like find her, save the air, air airbenders, and Genora, I think. She, oh, she comes up with a little plan, but it gets help in the end and everything. Uh, but Marco and Bolin, though, they deal with the water lady and the lava man again and again. And actually, like with they just looking to murder people. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Water yeah, Tribe yeah, Girl's sentence was the, the to fucking ride the lightning. Like, 
<laughs> they electrocute the shit out of her with, with his, his yeah. lightning and they show that shit and it's like damn Nickelodeon mm-hmm. you scary <laughs> it's online well, it's now, online so it doesn't count, count. Yeah. Yeah. kids were watching uh, much worse things online at that time that is true <laughs> uh, yeah and I, I like the back and forth though between Bolin and the lava guy is yeah. they're fighting and Bolin's just like why are you smiling it's just ha. like hey, I just can't wait to kill you yeah. I've, I've been lava like, as well yeah yeah it's like I got an upgrade boy and like they fight and everything but then the lava dude he knows he's losing so he's just like fuck it I'm not going back to prison I'm just like <laughs> tears down the whole whatever the place they're at um i like the way that zaheer is ultimately brought down by because the entire time you kind of have like the a and b stories where the a story is cora and her journey and zaheer and all that and then you have um tenzin and the return of the airbenders and, and then sort of bringing them them full circle and bringing them back and the way that they this rogue airbender that wants to tear everything down, um, or at least hierarchies, is brought down by um, these new airbenders working together as one, and then finally realizing the goal of what Tenzin has been trying to do, and they create that mm-hmm. you know huge volcano, and he gets sucked in, and then uh, Korra pulls her fucking uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, get over here. You know, throws the <laughs> chain and slams his ass down, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's so great. Um, but to me, the thing that I liked most about this episode is actually how it ends. What's yes. so great, oh, and God. how this whole season ends, where Cora, yeah, this just this whole experience broke her, and I wasn't yeah. expecting that they would go that way. And I was like, wow. You know, at the end, you know, and we didn't really get into it much, but like Janora is just such throughout these seasons, you see Janora is just such a gifted airbender and the mm-hmm. ending. Oh, my God. Tenz, yeah, where, where Tenzin finally gives her her tattoos and, and she becomes egg. <laughs> she doesn't become egg, <laughs> but she becomes a, an airbending master. The first one since Tenzin really like like uh-huh. um and it, for, for the first time you know it's the airbenders are one and and they're having this s- airbending ceremony for the first time in easily over a hundred like more than years. just one yeah <laughs> and it, the music and it's so mm-hmm. beautiful and this whole time Cora just says, says nothing she's just there in the chair broken and I mean, this, she looks like she's dead, and yeah. she literally is dead inside. Yeah. And it's yeah. this thing where yeah. she's witnessing something so, you know, beautiful, but she herself is broken on the inside. And just that, like, the tears that stream from Trying her face. Trying to keep it together. Yeah. But, like, oh, gosh. Shitty. What's, like, what's even more sad, though, is that, you know, she's in a wheelchair, and then everyone's just like, oh, hey, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, behind her back, they're just like, dude, she looks horrible. She's yeah. fucked up. Or like even, even yeah, we, no, like even like there's that, but then even her where she's like smiling, and then as soon as somebody turns away, she just like blinks, yeah. like gone. And um, you know, and then they had this conversation of like, yo, we need the Avatar now more than ever. Like, 
the Earth Kingdom's in ruins and everything. Like, who the heck is going to keep the peace? And then that's Super Hitler, that's him. Tenzin, <laughs> and that's when Tenzin goes in and he's just like, uh, like I'm proud to present this new airbending master who will lead us uh, in a new age of peace. And like he turns to Korra and goes, "It's like while you recover, we'll take care. We'll we'll take care of everything. Like you don't have to worry about everything, anything." And what's kind of sucks about that is that he sort of, without knowing, Tenzin kind of like did what the villains have been doing. It's like basically saying like we don't need you right now we'll take care of like what your job is you know and so that's why like i think that's why she kind of had like that tear come out in the end is because someone told her like step off (laughs) like in a nice way basically i i think maybe it could also be you know she loves tenzin she loves janora and the family and it's and and the idea of the airbenders it's something so wonderful and beautiful and but at the same time she's just so broken inside at this point um Mm. and maybe i feel like she's sort of been pushing away those emotions when she saw something so emotionally impactful it finally just sort of squeezed through (laughs) you know her her broken nature well, I mean, it really is just a built up of everything. Yeah. Because like here, because before it, you just had it was simple. Like, oh, this dude is doing bad things. Uh, for, I mean, no, this dude is just doing bad things. I have to stop him. But then you have this guy as a here going like, yeah, he's doing bad things. So obviously, I have to stop him. But he makes a point, in that we don't need or like we shouldn't have these like she's evil like leaders she like should i should i actually like help out this world keep going on and then again yeah and then for one thing this bad guy like broke her down to like not being able to take care of herself everyone is doubting her now well i mean and that's again, kind of it i mean zaheer wins that's yeah, that's the final victory wins. it's like all right well you know what the avatar is so broken down we need to move on without her they're trying to like say nice things about her to her face but she gets the point she kind of realizes oh fuck i can't do shit and now they want to move on without me so really in the end zaheer really ultimately got the grand design out of all of this is a world where the avatar becomes irrelevant and who comes to save the day super hitler Yay! <laughs> we'll see that more in the next episode. Fuck that bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and yeah. And she set up throughout the season too. Like you see her when you first go to uh, Zaofu and everything, and then uh, she uh, after they take Korra, she's bandaging, bandaging, bandaging up Korra's dad, and like they meet, they like made a specific shot of her being like oh hey thank you thanks for the help what's your name my name is kuvira and again it's like it's a shot of her face when that shit happened i was like "Mm, i was confused the first time too what are they doing here we don't like take time out of an episode to introduce somebody and boy was i wrong about her yeah no i'm glad they did i would not have recognized her if they didn't do that (laughs) i mean they could have done it more organically though (laughs) True. Because it was literally like, oh, me? I'm Kuvira. And then she looked at the yeah. camera like it was the office. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you could at least be somewhat subtle. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, actually have her be the right hand man? Yeah. Or something and- like that. Just be like, oh, hey, guys, you know, this is my family and this is Kovira. You know, she's she's one of the uh, the soldiers here or whatever. One of the guards. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Kovira will show you to where you'll be staying. And she's like, hi, I'm Kovira. I'll show you where you're staying. Yeah. But not just be like, oh, <laughs> me, I'm Kovira. And then just a little <laughs> wink. And you get the sound effect. <laughs> Ding. Um, it was a little too much with that. But yeah, I, I get sure. what they were doing. And I ultimately mm-hmm. do like weird heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for the mm-hmm. season. Um again, I love that scene where they we see uh Jinora with the tattoos and like the music that was playing. Like, oh my god. It was great. Uh final thoughts? I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's as good as it's gonna get, uh, and it did. Um, yeah, it was pretty great overall. Um, I feel that wraps up this episode quite nicely. Thank you, David. Thank you, Peter, and thank you, Alexis. I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. Thank you all so <laughs> much for listening to this installment of the Cora uh, segment here on Red Spotlight. We have more and more content under our Red Spotlight, whether it be on Fantasy Fair and also here on Red Spotlight, considering Halloween is coming up pretty, pretty quickly. And of course, stay tuned for our conclusion of The Legend of Cora which will then in and of itself be the last installment of our Avatar series, which has been going on all summer long. And summer's kind of over. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, uh, I like how this is going so far. I think this is going, as far as, like, Korra is concerned, I love how the show is getting a second wind, and we're here just talking about how great it is and the fact that it is great. Um and as far as like the real great Korra stuff uh, as a character, I think the best is yet to come with season four uh, for her personal story anyway. So thank you all so much. Catch our podcasts every Sunday and sometimes on Thursday. Uh, and until next time, go to bed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.